Hello, it's Danny Howe back again with another episode of Tales from Southern Indiana. I'm sitting out in the closest thing we have to wildlife around here in the city suburbs, which is my backyard. Um, have uh, looking at a tree right now that we cut down, and after we cut it down, it came back as a bush. It's, it's a great, great big tree bush. Um, all sorts of things that I remember that I knew how to do as a kid, and it struck me that they are completely worthless now as an adult. And I was thinking about some of them that I hadn't remembered for quite a while. You know, one of them was semaphore, using those two little flags, you know, to talk to another person who had flags in their hand. And at one time there was a use for it. And uh, back in the days of Napoleon, it was a preferred uh, way of communicating with different parts of the army, I guess. And we learned it in scouts. And um, I've not been able to think of any use for semaphore since I moved to the city. And in fact, I can't think of a whole lot of uses for it in modern times uh, at all. I'm sure there are some, but to me, I'm thinking, well, maybe, you know, given the, the predilection in southern Indiana against talking very much, maybe semaphore would be a good way for people to communicate without breaking any social mores. And, you know, you'd have to have two people each standing on a hill that didn't have a whole lot of woods with it so they could see each other and not be too far apart. But, um, you know, once you learn it, you really could apply it to any kind of situation where you were not, where talking was not appropriate. I was thinking, I mean, let's say you joined a monastery and you took a vow of silence. Well, you could use semaphore, I think, to communicate certain things amongst yourselves, like, you know, the food is terrible here, or, you know, it's very boring or something like that. And that's one thing that you could do, but I haven't really been able to figure out a use for it here in the suburbs yet. Um, now, another thing that I recall generally knowing how to do as a kid that I wouldn't possibly have any any use for now would be various things about getting certain animals or, or, or fish ready to eat. And with fish, as a boy when I used to fish, uh, there was always this problem of fish swallowing the hook. And depending on what kind of fish it is, it might well have teeth. And that you, if you stuck your finger down in it to try to get the hook, the fish would bite you because it's not dead yet. And so I checked and there are in fact all kinds of modern products that are still available for people who fish to get the hook out. Some of them look like guns. And um, I don't think I would even know how to use one of these right now. They mentioned in one of the advertisements that there is um, very little damage uh, other than the fact that the fish is dead um, to getting the hook out with their particular product. Another thing, of course, is fish scalers. And when I watched my father scale fish, I didn't have much use for getting fish ready to eat. I thought if it was that much trouble, you might as well eat something that's already prepared. Uh, you know, like, uh, well, well, like bacon. Uh, our favorite food in southern Indiana. Anything to do with hogs, of course, so we've spoken about before. So, nevertheless, there are different scalers. In fact, there are there are electric scalers. So if, if you really find scaling just to be too tedious and, and a strenuous a task, you can, you can get a battery-operated scaler. And probably you could use it, you know, for other things besides fish scaling since it's electric. Maybe it would work as a back scratcher or something like that. It was actually, that sounds dangerous. Don't try that. Um, now, there were certain, you know, skills uh, having to do with the woods. Um, one of them would be finding morel mushrooms. I mentioned before when we talked about things to eat in southern Indiana that morel mushrooms are considered quite a delicacy as they are among fine chefs. 
But in Indiana, of course, they like them because they're real wrinkly mushrooms. And if you bread them and deep fry them, they soak to get some of the fat in. You can eat all the fat. That's what people like about them. But there's a skill to finding them. And is not a skill that I have an opportunity to use out here in the suburbs. Uh, maybe people find me wandering through their backyards, looking behind their trees and stuff, and wondering what I'm doing. And if I tell them I'm looking for morel mushrooms, they're probably going to get arrested or something. Um, another woodland skill would be to uh, find and do something with something called foxfire, which is rotting wood as bacteria works on it, and it, and it becomes uh, luminescent. It glows in the dark. And... And when I think of the term now, I kind of wish that it had something to do with foxes. Maybe not set them on fire, but burn them enough that they might consider moving farther out in the suburbs than where I live. Because we've got foxes all over the place. In fact, we've got more wild animals in the suburbs here than I ever saw in Indiana. Mostly because there's nothing that eats or shoots them. Foxes, you know, we put up these little lights, little blinky red lights around uh, to uh, discourage the foxes from coming into, the, into our property where we live. And I think the foxes come up and they think, what an interesting light show, I'll come here again. Um, so there's not, you know, we, we can't shoot them here. Uh, it's, in fact, we can't shoot anybody here unless we're criminals. So there's, a, there's, there's that aspect of things. Um, and then I was remembering, you know, hunting. I didn't really hunt so much. A lot of people did. Um, people stabbed bullfrogs with tridents. And those, that was a horrible thing to do. I never certainly did that. Um, it, but it, the trident is something, you know, that the devil holds. And so maybe stabbing the frogs is something that the devil's minions would do. I don't know. Um, now, I did catch crawdads. You know, crawdads would be called crayfish if you lived in an area where people knew how to speak about things better. And there's a bit of an art to finding them. And you need shallow water, a little stream that has a lot of rocks in it. And certain kinds of rocks, about maybe the size of a softball, that you want to lift up and lift them up kind of careful because the, uh, the crawdads will, you know, spy what's happening and they'll scurry off. Uh, they're little bitty lobsters and they can, you know, first of all, they can pinch you um, and they can get away. But you're supposed to grab them by the tail. And then, you know, goodness knows what would I do with them. I don't have any memory of how you cook crawdads, although I go to restaurants and they serve crawdads, so maybe I could take crawdads there and ask them. I don't know. Um, you know, there's just, um, there's a whole lot of things that uh, it, it, it seems to me like these are forgotten skills that we probably don't need at all, but we do find maybe a need for remembering some of them. Now, you know, we've got a lot of bear uh, in the suburbs here. Why uh, we have bear, I guess, I, who knows. And so there might be some good skills to learn about how not to get attacked by the black bears that sort of wander up people's driveways these days. And aside from that, I, you know, I just think that, uh, um, that we require skills to exist in the suburbs, like not getting hit as pedestrians walking around, um, that we didn't really need. In fact, where I grew up, about the last thing you needed to worry about was somebody hitting you. Uh, very seldom that you would even have to see a car or a truck go by. But um, if you did, it might be that they had come up at the same time you did to a four-way stop. We had four-way stops for some reasons in Mitchell, Indiana, and it was quite rare. So if two people did come up to a four-way stop, they usually had to get out and talk about it for 20 minutes to figure out what to do. And um, 
You know, things like putting pennies on railroad tracks, just lots of stuff that, uh, that just never comes to mind uh, here, in the, here in the city. But uh, thought I would share some of those memories. And uh, I think, uh, you know, maybe there will be a few things that I'll figure out how to do. Maybe I'll find a modern use for a, uh, a fish hook uh, extractor. Uh, and maybe just try out semaphore uh, from time to time and see if there's anybody around who might see me who also has semaphore flags and maybe they'd just start a conversation with me. There's all kinds of unknown things that we find if we try uh, to, uh, to do stuff in new areas and new ways of life. So maybe I'll think about some of those applications. At any rate, it's always good to visit with you. I'm sure glad you have able to listen and talk to you later.